I really love the idea of soundscape. Hi, and welcome to Music at Three Pines, the podcast. Today we're talking with Annie Sumi, uh, who has not actually played our house concert series. I know Annie because I'm her booking agent for her American tours uh, in my other life, obviously before Corona and hopefully after. Annie lives in Canada, outside of Toronto, uh, in Guelph, and uh, we've gotten the great pleasure of getting to see her live a couple of times and, uh, and listen to her music. She's a very thoughtful musician and thoughtful human. Her most recent album is called In the Unknown, um, and it got a lot of attention in, in uh, Canada. In fact, she was nominated for Emerging Folk Artist in Canada in 2018. Um, she is a delight to work with. She's a fun human, and when people get to see her live, they want to see her live again. Now, at the beginning of this podcast, we make reference to starting again. We had scheduled the interview only to find out that there was construction racket from the flat below her, so we had to postpone. So we started up a couple hours later. So once again, thanks for tuning in, and I think you'll enjoy our conversation about uh, the pandemic, uh, life in general, uh, music and art, and um, her approach to the creative process. And along the way, she'll play a song for us that I think you will just find delightful. So thank you and enjoy. Well, let's uh, start back up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking earlier about your response to, to the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I um, For sure, the intention bit has come up a lot, specific to music, but also specific to other parts of my life. Um, and also that patience element. Like right now, I guess it feels like so much of my my time is just focused on re-addressing like the most important parts of my life. Mm. But it is an interesting moment to be in because it's like, wow, like we're getting such clear messages Mm. from the earth specifically, I think about often about, you know, how the speed at which we've been living is not sustainable. And so coming into this moment of complete stillness, like forced stillness. Um, For me, it's been really a moment to be like, wow, like there should probably be a little bit more stillness in my life in order to live in this sort of symbiotic relationship with the life all around me. Um, And even in my, in myself, like in my own well-being and Mm. stability and groundedness, Mm. um, it feels like, this is a huge shift in my awakening to what what our human bodies kind of crave in experience of existence, you know, like to be to be so uh, nomadic, I guess, or to be so um, like moving through the world at such a pace in which our almost our bodies can't keep up with the pace in which we're moving. I've been really recognizing how this moment has sort of collected me and been like, no, Annie, like, you really need to slow your roll. And maybe like everything doesn't have to happen all at once. And, you know, there is a ma- a path that could be more sustainable for me as a human, but also for this larger life that we live in. So that's been a huge kind of, uh, lesson to still be learning in this moment 
you know, several people have commented on how much we are clearly able to do mm-hmm. during this pandemic. We've always had that option, mm-hmm. right? To be slower, to be more reflective, to be more intentional. And yet there was a part of me that had we had this conversation in December, I just simply wouldn't have known what to do with that. I mean, it yeah. was like everything that we were doing was just so much of what we had always done. And so this has shown us, I, I think, like you said, in so many ways, that there are new ways of doing this, of experiencing mm-hmm. this world. And that's... This ability to be introspective is also a privilege. You know, we're realizing more than ever in a very stark way how, how our systems don't work, you know. And so in order for people to thrive in communities and in society, it's like we're realizing, okay, we need to pull up our our bootstraps here and be more efficient with our time and realize like, okay, it it takes a lot to feed people. And how do we access food? Well, zip to the big, you know, supermarket and then we get everything we need from all around the world. But that that is a privilege that is not accessible to everyone. And so like local food economy has never been so important. So now it's like, I feel this awakening in myself and in my own community of this like, okay, community gardens, that feeds people. You know, people are hungry. We need to make these places thrive. And so people are fighting for these public spaces to stay open because they serve a a whole percentage of this community. No, I mean, that's that's the hopeful part about this is I think that we can find new ways. Is there a, a method of self-care that you have uh, gone back to or is this something that you are uh, finding as a way to kind of manage this thoughtful, introspective time? Moving slowly in any capacity has felt sort of like meditative to me. Mm. Um, most mornings I'll wake up and do a little meditation but honestly, so much of my own like mental health self-care through this moment has been connecting with the garden, just being present in the garden and watching these, these changes in life that is so much, uh, seemingly so much more simple than human life. Life is continuing, even though our personal lives or our... Uh, like normal daily job lives are sort of at a halt. It's like, well, life is continuing. And that has been a hugely helpful um, practice. Had a garden this big in so long because Mm -hmm. most oftentimes I'm touring during this time. Right. You know, and so even that's another reflection on how when we move too quickly, we miss so much of life Mm. and our ability to connect to what's really happening in those moments, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, I haven't really had a big garden in a long time. <laughs> so it's been really, really lovely. You know, given the nature of being a musician, you're usually planning your life like two years in advance sometimes, you know? <laughs> which can be very disorienting for your ability to be present in the moment that you're in. Um, but the thing about the garden that is, has been so delightful is that you just have to be present. You can't even really fathom what is coming. We talked earlier about that. I mean, you do a lot of reading. You're um, 
uh, you read poetry and you read uh, what what other kind of reading do you do I mean I kind of read all things um, yeah I love poetry so much I really love sort of theoretical works and like sort of spiritual teaching um, but recently I've been I've been enthralled by this one book um, there's this author poet really named Ocean Vuong but he wrote his first novel and it's called On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous and it's so beautiful it's it's a really tough story it's a it's a story about racism and immigration and trauma um, but within it it's just like stunningly vivacious and full of life and color and so it's so it's been really beautiful during this time where it's you know a lot of people are going through some pretty difficult moments and suffering quite quite honestly um but within that suffering is riddled all these little beautiful vignettes and i think that's why it's been keeping me such company is that sort of a devastating story can also have this sort of sharp beauty to it. I was reading about Jason Isbell, um, who is also incredibly literate um, and reads a lot. And I can't remember the book. It was on Twitter. He said something about there was an author that he read often when he was writing the album uh, Southeastern. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that writing, I know that the poetry does, but I'm guessing that everything you're reading is a part of the backstory or the the uh, inspiration, the kind of feeling when you're writing music? I don't know. I remember hearing somebody say that if you want to write a book, then start reading books. Hmm. You know, yeah. if you want to write poetry, start reading poetry. Um, I kind of feel like that, like everything that I read, whether it's conscious or unconscious, um, it's being brought into the heart, you know, like something really potent, it, it comes into the heart and then it sits there for a while and swims around and because um, so much of my experience of words is through this, um, like the way it tastes in my mouth. So it's sort of like a sensual experience where like to say the words out loud. That's why poetry feels so good to speak out loud as opposed to just read on a page. It's like these words that want to be brought to life and that's quite like song too. <laughs> Maybe that's a weird answer. I no, no, no. I, actually, it's interesting having been listening to your album quite a bit over the last couple of days. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that there <laughs> is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting because I think, I think, I think a lot of people find lyrical kind of phrasing perhaps out of books, but your your vocal style, I mean, and your melody, your the way you find melodies within chords and within the music is more than just, just that. And so I can see this kind of crossover between just even that reading, that inspiration, not only influencing the lyric and the word itself, but actually the the way this feels and the the way the melody unfolds um i i have to say listening to you and i, I realized even though you and i've been working together for for a while i had listened to the album when i got it last year in montreal and then had not sat down and just really experienced it and so i've done that and i'm i'm really struck by how 
going along and I'm with you and I'm hearing all of a sudden you take me in a different direction and in a very beautiful way. I mean that in the best positive way. So, um, so it's fun to hear you talk about the process. One of the things I also realized I don't know about you, even though we've had a lot of conversations, it's usually been business oriented or, you know, talk about tours or something. I'm not sure I know what your musical background is. Yeah, I, it's funny. I don't have much of a musical background. I wasn't born into a musical family. Okay. Um, but I do like to think that my family was very musical. Like my, my mom's parents, my granny and my papa immigrated from Scotland. And I just have this fond memory of their house being one of music, mm. of song, you know, like you had to sing before your meals and if you're leaving the house, everyone had to sing on their way out. And, oh, wow. You know, so like song had always had an important part in my life. I remember my grandfather singing to me often. Um, and so I think like even though nobody was quote unquote a musician, um, music was very much a part of my life. And my parents, both my parents loved music. My dad was super into like, you know, some good old rock and roll and my mom loves classical music. And so there was always sort of a sort of a diverse listening spectrum. Um, and then, yeah, and then I took piano lessons when I was a kid and I sort of got into musical theater when I was young. And then I started writing my own music and picking up a guitar and then it just sort of un unfolded and, and so, how old were you when you first wrote music i think i wrote my first song when i was 16. wow for you clearly this speaks well of your family by the way that there is definitely an encouragement of you to be creative that there weren't these bounds put on you and so when you started creating music even though your dad liked classic rock and your mom liked classical it wasn't like you were put in that category so actually, can I ask you this? Um, if you had to categorize yourself, I mean, when people ask you what you do, right. do you just say I'm a singer-songwriter, or do you? And they say what kind of music? How do you answer that? Mm, that's such a tough question, <laughs> and I struggle with this all the time because you know, so many people within the industry are like, "What's your elevator pitch?" You know, <laughs> and it's so hard for me because I. I take such inspiration from so many different genres, but I think I would say I have often said ethereal folk music, mm -hmm. um, mostly because I think it embodies naturally to say ethereal. I think it embodies some element of that mystery mm -hmm. and often because I'm collaborating with different people, there's always this changing or like, uh, it feels like the music is constantly recreating itself because the more people that I work with, the more the songs take new shapes. And, and so I find that to be like, I would say maybe a collaborative ethereal folk musician. <laughs> so I have no idea. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's a bin for that at the record store. I don't think there's one for that. <laughs> They're going to have to make one. Because listening to you, I'm, you know, and, I, and I've pitched you to people. And one of the things I've found, by the way, whenever I, whenever I send people videos, 
uh, I can think of all the places that we were working on for this up, upcoming year, and there were several that said we can't do it because it's in the middle of the week or it just doesn't work. Uh, but I don't think I ever got anybody say I, she doesn't doesn't work for me. Uh, and in fact, I always got or mostly got back these responses of Annie's amazing. I wish we could do something. And they're often struck by the fact that it isn't what they're expecting. But you are not bound by, you know, this uh, one, four, five uh, chord <laughs> progression. Um, you know, you're 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 changing things. And one of the things I was going to ask about was your voice and you talked about when you first started playing but your voice is a unique instrument and not every musician brings that to the table i mean every musician i've seen who's a who's a touring artist has a has, has a voice that is worth listening to don't get me wrong but not all of them are like having a second instrument up on the stage and yours is when did you discover that you could create such different sounds just with your voice i mean whether it's with humming or, or, I mean, you, you add so much vocal kind of texture to your songs. And I have to think maybe you just did that naturally. And you're like, I don't know why I just did it. I have always loved making sounds with my mouth, <laughs> which is maybe a bizarre practice, but how I loved mimicking, trying to mimic sounds that I heard. So like if a ambulance would go by or something, mm. I would, like take so much joy in trying to mimic this sound or you, I heard a cricket or you know I was hearing the wind sweep up the trees and I loved trying to explore how the sounds felt in my mouth mm. I guess it's the same as words with melody I find like there's a particular exploration of the sound itself mm. in my body that is so fun to explore um and so when when i'm not even really thinking about the voice as an instrument it just sort of naturally finds these little ways of expressing um just because of that playfulness like mm. that that love of being playful with with sound okay so about writing if you don't mind me asking mm -hmm. <laughs> um does writing songs come, um, I, want, I don't want to say easy, because I don't know if anybody writes songs, especially good songs, just easily. Right. But is it is it a, a sort of a natural process of your, of your weekly or monthly sort of process that you write on a fairly regular basis? It's, it's tricky, I would say, because sometimes it is a practice. Sometimes I'm very aware of myself practicing the art of writing, mm. which in a lot of those cases, the songs don't feel right. Um, and then other times it's just a moment that strikes and then suddenly it doesn't matter what I'm supposed to be doing. I just need to write down this song. And even if in that moment, the song isn't exactly as it will be. It's mostly realized already. Mm. And then it gets taken into the practice room, you know, gets taken into the workshop. Mm -hmm. And then it gets, you know, flushed out a little bit more until it becomes full. 
because these are all blurring for you, the lyrics and the melody and the music are actually all kind of part of the same process. Yeah, you got it. You've got me figured out. <laughs> they all come all at once, it seems like. I, and then it might come back around again and where I'll try and find a better chord for a specific yeah. spot. But and it's almost like in the writing of each note comes each word hmm. and each each vocal melody and there was one time I was listening to your album and all of a sudden I turned and looked behind me because it was almost like the sound had come from behind me Whoa. um and then there was also the sound of the the water in there and stuff I mean it was just it was it's an immersive um it's an immersive sound that you create which is lovely it just I absolutely love doing, um, I really love the idea of soundscapes hmm. so like if I were to really sort of poetically describe the music that me and my friends create um, together, I like to imagine it as for soundscapers, like landscapers, but for sound, because it's so beautiful to think about sound in that way, you know, yes. being able to shape it and create bodies that people can see and feel and yeah. have a relationship with. Well, would you like to play a song? Sure, yeah, could do, definitely. Yeah, I thought it might be it might be fun to play one that I've been working on. Love it. Because why not, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I was thinking a lot about how I used to spend this time up north in northern Ontario. Um, early spring, usually there would be these uh, gatherings of a community I'm part of up there and everyone would sort of participate in this in a ceremony um, for a weekend and I was just really missing that time up north so I started thinking about that and but I think this one's called dream with different dyes okay here we go can you hear it Where I'll paddle open water 
Until I lose my sense of the day Until I lose all my senses And I hear the loon call over the tree line Singing all the old songs from the other side Who stole the moon from underneath my pillow I was only trying to dream with different eyes Yeah, I was only trying to dream with different eyes I can't tell, is it heaven, is it hell I'm living? Every time I breathe in, there is a deepening love, a deepening. And I hear the loon call over the tree line, singing all the old songs from the other side. She slipped the That is a lovely song. Oh, thanks. Dad. That is a I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dreaming about that song. I think that that that's <laughs> that's, that's that's a that's a, a that's a perfect example of everything you've talked about about dreamscapes and, and soundscapes and that's really lovely. That's just one you've been writing. Still working it out, I think. But yeah, I thought it would be fun in the spirit of this time. You know, just thinking about what we're dreaming about and yeah yeah <laughs> it's 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 lovely well done okay let me ask you just a couple more questions if you don't mind first of all um i know you have an album that is i know sorry i'm not trying to bring up <laughs> but uh you've got essentially one that's ready to go yeah yeah i am super excited about it i don't know what that timeline looks like anymore but um, I have a full album, full length album, um, basically just sitting in my back pocket and hopefully to be released this October, but, okay. um, yeah, I just want to be patient with it, you know, yeah. and just, I know so many people are just sort of releasing their albums and putting them out into the world, which I think is pretty amazing. And maybe by that time, I'll just feel the same way. Um, but there's this part of me that I had really set out a lot of intentions in releasing the album and sort of in honor of that. There's this part of me that's like, no, I want to just wait and 
wait till the time to gather again and i i think one of the things i'm learning is um that um you are good at at listening to yourself and trusting yourself and i think that's a that's a good way to go and so i would applaud you to listen to that guide um on that and everything else you're doing because that's whatever you're doing is amazing so Okay, I have a couple of just final questions. Yeah. These are more in the kind of things I've asked other people, and I'll be very curious about some of your answers here. <laughs> okay. Who is your favorite songwriter in the sense that who is the writer that just sort of makes your jaw drop when you're listening to them? Mm, I think that's easy for me, actually. Um, Anais Mitchell. Oh. Yeah. Like... In terms of songwriting itself, like her music just never disappoints. It's just amazing. Can you think of music that's outside of what you play um, that is inspirational, that, that gives you I, either either lyrical or melody ideas or even just soundscape ideas that then you pull in. It's not, uh, you probably wouldn't be on the bill together at a festival. Right. But this is, uh, are, the, are there people, and I'm guessing you listen fairly widely, so are, are there other people that you listen to or musicians or groups or whatever that, that inform that from outside this kind of ethereal folk? Definitely. Like, so many. Um, but specifically, I guess, if I'm thinking about music, very outside of the genre that I might exist in, um, that really inspires me in my own writing. I think I would say classical. Hmm. Yeah, I think like because there's so much room for imagination in classical music, I I find my imagination really just thriving in those in those compositions and so when I listen to classical music sometimes it can paint an image in my mind that is the source of a song hmm. for future writing exploration so I would definitely say I would say classical classical or jazz I really yeah. love like some rambunctious jazz rambunctious <laughs> Because same same reason, it feels like it's flexing that imaginative yeah. muscle. Yeah. And sometimes the stories are even written for you. So sometimes like a classical composition will come with a pre-existing story, or sometimes you just hear something and it just immediately brings forth all, the, all these images mm -hmm. and you can't explain where they come from, but they come forth. And then sometimes those are the colors that are used hmm. to paint a song, you know. That's, that, I would say classical. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. Had you um, asked me last week when I was listening to your album quite a bit, I think I probably would have thought classical. And then I kind of moved off of that for whatever reason because there is very much – because when I say that your music is, um, is playing with, with boundaries, it clearly is. 
but there is also structure there and that that's the same with classical or, or jazz i mean there are there there are structures there that actually work okay last question okay do you have a do you have a guilty pleasure music oh i do you do i would i, I don't know if i would say it's guilty though i'm i'm like i'm all for it <laughs> but i I really love punk rock music. <laughs> I like, I really, I think I was saying to my roommates, like going to one punk rock show a month is like kind of like a dose of medicine for me. Cause it just gets like all this wow. energy out of my body. And it feels like this really like intense experience that yeah. people are doing together or something. Yeah. And so listening to punk rock music really, breaks up some energetic boundaries in me or something mm. um so that i i'm not guilty about it i don't feel bad but something people probably wouldn't imagine is that i really enjoy listening to punk rock music and actually that's probably the way that question needs to be rephrased it's so i, I think i'll change that to what's the type of music that you don't think people would expect you to listen to right. or something like that Annie, this has been just a delight. I knew it would be. Thank you. This has been a shot of goodness for me. Thank that you was so a... much, Brad. This has been so good, even just to see your face for this mm. little moment has been really lovely. Oh, right thank you. For sure. <laughs> thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to Music at Three Pines, the podcast, um, and for listening to Annie Sumi. She is just a delight, um, and I really appreciate her taking time to sit down and talk with me. I'll put her uh, information in our podcast um, uh, part there where you can uh, see her webpage, go order uh, merch or order her CD, and uh, even send her some support through PayPal. Uh, all our artists and all our friends connected to arts need help now. Uh, venues are struggling. People who do sound and lights are struggling. Musicians certainly are struggling. So if you can find a way to help them, please do so. We need our poets and truth-tellers today more than we ever have. 